Hello kitties, this is your old pal Sarah here with Pern from Boys and Ghouls Film Review and this is my co-host Mike. Hi guys, you trying to be John Cassier again are you? Well, seeing as it's Halloween, I thought We're we might make there, it yeah. um, up to our audience. The Crypt Keeper rules. It's been yeah. a while since I did a bit of a John Cassier. So we love have, John Cassie, so he's a wonderful man. We're yeah. getting close to Halloween, and mm. I thought we might do this proper by talking about our favourite Halloween movie called ha- Halloween, Halloween yeah, that was yeah, done well. in 1978. Now, the, one of the reasons why we like the movie hmm? is probably the same reason everybody else loves the movie. Yeah, not to mention yeah. the latest Halloween came is coming out in t- Can I actually now. Say something just that's called Halloween <laughs> Kills and She'd talk underwater. And I thought I might um do this as a bit of a to commemorate the um fact that it's been released this month. Right. What I was going to say if I was really interrupted is that um we like it probably for the same reason everybody else likes it. Mm-hmm. At the time it came out it was fresh, innovative, simple. And actually, I've noticed something. I was reading some notes up, and it's true. How much violence do you actually see and how much blood do you actually see? Mm, true. There's a lot of POV stuff, but you don't actually see too much actually going on, mm. which is really good. It, it, it lets your mind fill in the blanks. I certainly yeah. like the POVs mm. at the beginning yeah. of this movie, where so, you yeah. don't know who it is until way too yeah. it, way much later after it, you find out it's yeah. a little kid yeah, doing see, the kills. Much, if you had a lot of character development, so, oh, well, that would build a story up behind Michael Myers, but you didn't need it. No, we just... Not for this movie. In no. some movies, yes. In this movie, we know, hey, he's a little kid, went troppo, killed his uh, sister, mum and dad, whatever. Yeah. Went crazy. Yeah. And that's... Blah, blah. Oh, no, did he, did he kill his... He didn't kill his, he didn't no, kill his mum no, and dad. But, yeah, they, 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 they dumped the house and left, or yeah, whatever, yeah. I don't know. But, yeah, he killed his sister, went to another house for 15 years, came out... And something's gone wrong inside his kids' head. Yeah, interesting yeah. thing, guys. There <clears throat> is several, um, you know, franchises that came out of this one. You know, like the first one with, um, with, with number two, and then um, after number two, we get a, a, a second, a, se- a season of the witch, which has no connection to. Yeah, yeah this it's one. like yeah, yeah, it's like a side story or not a well, totally different story. Yeah. Originally, yeah. John Carpenter he wanted to make this mm. an anthology movie and franchise, it didn't quite work but out that way. everyone mm. was so keen about Michael Myers <coughs> that they wanted more and more of him to come back. And Michael Myers goes to Bali for a holiday and what? No, no, mm, yeah, no, something okay. like that. But everyone wanted that. So I guess um, um, John Carpenter or the studios kept pumping him out for you guys to view. I mean, I mean, uh, I understand that the production companies need to make money. If they find something which is really, really good and makes money, that's fine. But if you're going to get a franchise happening such as what? Halloween, Friday the 13th, Nightmare, Nightmare on Elm Street, there should be, to me, some sort of continuity flow between episode one, episode two, episode three, episode yeah. four, episode five, whatever, like, yeah. like, like the Saw movies. Yeah, and they were, they were, all, they were yeah. all related, weren't yeah, they? Interesting yeah, interesting thing is that um, 
They did do a separate, you know, franchise uh, connected to the first movie and try to go for different directions. Like, of course, in the first few ones, we keep continuing to believe that Michael is related to um, Laura Strode's character. Yeah, we thought, but it wasn't, no. But in this, um, the 2019 one, it they went for a different general direction by saying mm. that Michael was just chasing her and anyone that was connected to her. Yeah, anyway. And Mike. Just here, just told me um, an interesting storyline behind the first movie. You know, about regarding um, why Michael targeted babysitters and the first uh, movie. Yeah, I always thought he was targeting teenage girls because they represented the sister who he hated. It wasn't so. Hmm. His sister was his babysitter, hmm. so he hated. He had to think about babysitters, young, young girl babysitters, mm. who were more interested in getting their jollies with their boyfriend than actually doing their job properly. And his sister was having it off with a boyfriend mm. uh, when she was supposed to be babysitting him. Uh, he came home. When he, when he came home, was he out? I guess he went trick-or-treating. And he came into the house. He went out trick-or-treating by himself. Or maybe he wanted to go trick-or-treating, but his sister but was yeah, she was stoned with a boyfriend, that's what I'm boyfriend. saying. So she didn't babysit him. Hmm. He was left to do his own thing so she could have sex with a boyfriend. And the girls in the movie were more interested in humping getting the, the, boy, rocks you know, getting the rocks off the boyfriends or mm-hmm. whatever than babysitting the kiddies, apart from our lead girl, which is played by Jamie Lee Curtis. Mm. Um, so, yeah, uh, he hated baby, babysitting teenage girls because he thought, well, mm. obviously, he saw them as nasty, mm. selfish, evil, and in his head, mm. uh, he, he, he had a reason to kill them. Yeah, and mm. another interesting version of Halloween, I should mention, that Mike is not too thrilled about, to be honest. <laughs> well, he's not thrilled about the, the director, I might <laughs> add, because he has different sets of opinions about him. He doesn't like Rob Zombie's version very much. I Rob don't Zombie like much. it. I, if I said to you, if I hadn't seen the original Halloween movies and I saw the Rob Zombie movies, mm. the, the remakes, whatever, um, you know, I would probably like them a lot better. Mm, yeah. Uh, just that, that, uh, when you bring more violence to sex and other things, mm. uh, it doesn't add to the movie. Yeah. Interesting yeah, so yeah. thing mm. about Rob Zombie. He Rob makes Rob. his um, characters look very believable. Like, I know in his characters, he makes out that that they're not all clean-cut characters. Yeah. In the, yeah, in his do- one... Bottom dwellers and yeah, stuff. Yeah, they're yeah. like, um, yeah. you know, like you, they're very believable. Like, you meet these characters in your own neighbourhood, yeah, well, if you will. If you live in a bad neighbourhood. Anyway, yeah, but the point is, yeah, I don't mind Rob Zombie movies. You know, what, what, The House of a Thousand Corpses? Is that what yeah, that was one of his. That was one of his first bad. ones after his... Like his singing, his um, band career. Well, I, I mean, uh, well, well, he's no, probably he, still well, he doing was his in band. Rob Zombie, uh, uh, Rob Zombie was in uh, White Zombie, hmm. uh, and I don't know if the band actually stopped. He may still do. Yeah, he may yeah, still do, do the music but, yeah, here and there know. with mm. his beloved wife. Uh, before, before One Thousand Corpses, they were dating, and then I guess um, Since he appeared in some a few years movie, later, she went yeah. on to become his wife, yeah. and they, she, be- she became Mrs. Zombie. And she's been, little zombie kitty. and she became yeah. a sort of star, which I keep wondering to myself when they're doing the new Munster movie. He's pumping out eventually. Oh, he's doing the Munster movie, is he? Yeah, oh, that'd be interesting. Uh, isn't one, it? F- one fan was talking about it on 
online on social media said he's worried that that his that Rob Zombie is going to cast his wife as Lily Monster or Marilyn Monster. Well, she can't be Mar- Marilyn's supposed to be a teenager. Mrs. Uh, Zombie ain't no teenager no more. Well, again, this is a reboot. This no, might no, be a no, reboot no, or a remake. No, I don't no, know. No, look, no, I don't. Marilyn's supposed to be a teenage girl going to high school. Mm, true. Mrs. Zombie, in no way, no stretch of imagination, could be a teenage girl going to high school. You know. What about Lily Monster? She can play Lily. She can play the mum. Yes, let's she hope can not. certainly do that. Anyway, yeah, um, yeah. let's get back yeah. to this movie. Sorry, yeah. guys. Right. Um, um, so it's directed uh, by John Carpenter. Well, not doing my bit. Yeah, well, John Carpenter has been an awesome influence. I've read lots of so you read a book about it. Well, yeah. bio, yeah, yeah, an interesting yeah, yeah. bio that's I've been really gushing over, really enjoying. Now, wait a minute. Can't try and it. he's not only the um, director, he also written this part of the script for this, <laughs> and he music. was, and he written some of the music scores. Plunking on a piano, so he did that. Yeah. I was going to talk about it a bit later on. Yeah, You're sort no. of taking my stuff away Sorry. from me. What am I going to talk about? <laughs> commercials? Uh, now, again, <laughs> okay, Halloween was a 1978 slasher movie. Mm. One of its first, I believe, mm. and it set the, set the genre for the, all the other guys, I think. Uh, now, it was produced by Deborah Hill, who I believe was in a relationship with John Carpenter, I Ooh. think. Uh, my, I don't think my fact check my facts. <laughs> but John and Deborah co-wrote the script. Hmm. Another guy came up with the idea, hmm. and they approached John to direct it. He said, only hmm. if I could take full control, and he re- and he actually wrote the script for it. That's where good. The other guy probably had... Yeah. A, a synopsis. Yeah. yeah. Interesting mm. thing, guys. Mm. The story is based on an experience John Carpenter had in college touring a psychiatrical ward, and John meets a child who stared at him with the, the a look, look of like evil look. and it terrified and blank, John. The blank evil look that that little 12-year-old Michael had uh, yeah. at the beginning of the movie. Yeah, yeah. if you watched the... Um, mm. uh, the the um the director's cut or maybe not the director's cut you may see a scene where um mr Lo- sam loomis encountering yeah. um uh, michael myers in, in the ward and there he meets you see the serious face he, um michael portrays on his yeah. face anyway just to, just in part before Sarah starts getting into it too much um now the budget this is a low budget film. It doesn't. It doesn't come over too low budget. It comes over pretty good. Came over. At, uh, uh, the budget comes in around three hundred and twenty-five thousand. That's probably back in those days. Mm. It box officed about seventy million, and Ooh. that doesn't include the the, the home uh, release merchandise, the VHS tapes back in the day, and DVDs and mm-hmm. whatever. So, and it's still readily available through um, you know local places like uh, eBay and mm. Amazon and other places such as that. So uh, it was a good money earner, mm. uh, and yeah. that's and for a minimal budget and for an yeah. independent film, yeah. I might add. Yeah, and I'll get into some of the costing stuff later on, but. A lot of people worked really, really cheap. They kept the props down to a minimum. Mm. So I don't know where the money was actually spent, but mm. yeah, it was money well spent. Right. How's that? So um, who stars in it? Almost here, almost here. The inspiration behind this movie mm. was primarily two movies. Mm. Alfred Hitchcock's Psycho from 1960, you know, the original one. And Bob Clark's Black Christmas, 1974. Mm. 
So that inspired Carpenter yeah. when he put the script together. Yeah, see, mm. Black Christmas, when that came out, that was probably the first ever horrors that introduced the slasher uh, thing. Uh, yeah. Well, Even though yeah. it was originally Psycho, no doubt, but but it was actually Black Christmas that kind of introduced it a lot more. A bit in better, a yeah. Bit but, better. But, but I think really uh, Halloween was the, I think the granddaddy of Nancy Star yeah. all the other ones because... Black Christmas was a standalone. This became a franchise. They said, more, more, more. Yeah, and that's what happened. Yeah. yeah. As we all know, don't we, folks? <laughs> Although, to me, like the original Black Christmas, there's nothing like it these days. I mean, everyone has been copying, remaking the Black Christmas movie as much as they can. And I always think the first one is always the best to go back to. Because it's originally um, the whole um, Stranger Call type story. Who's that a knocking at my chamber door? Yeah, anyway. Mm. I am going to mention the cast. Do not jump here and say, by the way, did you know so-and-so? I will talk about it after the your bit. Okay? Mm. okay, Donald Pleasance, he plays Dr. Sam Loomis. If you mention anything about Sam Loomis, you're in trouble, okay? Oh, I was going to mention that <laughs> um, that that John Carpenter, he approached both Peter Cushing and Christopher Lee to play Sam Lewis, Loomis, Lewis, yeah. and but they turned him down because of the low, low pay, you but know, cri- payment. Did, didn't Christopher Lee regret? Yes, yeah. he kicked himself for not taking part. Such a good role. But out here makes Sam Loomis out of um, Psycho. Yeah, actually, yeah, um, I guess um, yeah. I do not know if it has something to do with um, Alfred Hitchcock or the fact that um, Jamie Lee Curtis has... Yeah. Is um, the daughter of Janet Lee, well, who plays Marion Crane? Yeah, I was going to say that later Ian on. Psycho. That when they wrote the um, original so the description of the storyline, everything they they thought and the, did the casting and stuff. Mm. They thought about Jamie Lee Curtis in Psycho, mm. yeah. and then realised that oh. her daughter, blah mm. blah blah blah, and it goes on from there. Yeah, an interesting yeah. thing. Um, before we continue on. Jamie Lee Curtis this year, when she did this Halloween uh, film premiere, she actually dressed up for Halloween as, or well, not Halloween, um, as Lyra, as as, Lyra? Uh, no, no, as no. Lila. I mean, Marion Crane from Psycho, her okay. mother, as a bit of a tribute to yeah, her yeah. mum. Yeah, nice gesture anyway, on her part. Moving along, Donald Pleasance, like I said, played Doctor Sam Loomis. Jamie Lee Curtis plays a lead female role, Laurie Strode, final girl material. Uh, Nick. Castle. He plays Michael Myers, stroke the shape. Now he's the guy you see walking around most of the time with the mask on because there was a guy called Tony Moran, hmm. Moran, yeah, I know who both plays them. the unmasked one at the end where they rip his mask off. Yeah, and when I think maybe when he's at the beginning where you saw him get jumping on top of the car. He didn't have his mask, and that could have been Tony as well, I think. Mm. He didn't get paid a lot. He got a couple hundred dollars for the suit. That was yeah, it. Yeah, I know both mm. Tony and and yeah. Nick. I've talked to them a couple of times regarding the the, the slasher, you know, movie fi- movie yeah. franchise. And he's just a little on the side here. This Tony Moran or Moran uh, is, I believe, the brother of the little girl who played in Happy Days. Ooh, that's her brother. Cool. Aha. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Uh, one more person. Just, he, he's not a big player, but he starts off quite nicely. Will Sandin. He plays Michael Myers, age six. And as a six-year-old, whether he's six or seven, doesn't really matter. Mm, doesn't matter. He, this kid looked really creepy. And now, obviously, he said they told him, stand there and, and look away at a thousand-meter stare blank look on your face and this kid looked creepy 
Now, uh, I don't know how they got the kid to do that. No, me neither. No. Uh, without even... Yeah. Tr- mm. I mean, mm. I don't think you need an actor to do that, that when you would, think about that. That would be hard to get that stare and look. Yeah, and he just had something about him. The kid looked evil. Yeah. Anyway, um, well, I think I'll, I won't talk about anybody else. I mean, there's just other bits and pieces here. Well, but he was going to wear himself. Well, he might have. He could might have scared himself. Uh, now, do you want to take on telling the story? Do yeah. not, do not focus too much. It's a long tell. This one. Yeah. So yeah. I'll run through it at the beginning really fast. So it takes place when uh, Michael is say six, and yeah. he's just wandering around the house in the PVOV shot. Well, I think he's come in the front door, didn't he? At first, he um, goes to the back of the house and yeah. he sees his sister Mooch, you know, hanging out with his poor boyfriend. Kissing and cuddling and stuff. And then they go upstairs and then we and then we see the lights going out. Hint, hint. We don't know. Yippee. And then Michael heads into the kitchen, grabs a knife and watches um, the boyfriend leave. He goes upstairs, kills his sister in a violent rage. Or yep. not. Well, we don't what see his it, face well, so we can't say who We don't see what happened but we, we saw a knife flashing just like in yeah. Psycho and, stuff. and he's yeah. wearing his mask, which has these interesting peephole type things. A little clown mask. That, that I yeah. like how the directors do this sort of this sort of way of doing this sort of thing. Yeah, it's really good. Yeah, where you just cut a few holes into the um, onto some fabric and just put it onto the um, camera lens. Yeah, it's a, well for a frame in front of the camera, so it looks like you're looking through the. Uh, Kids, it looked really good. Yeah, clever. Anyway, yeah, clever what? Mm. then he goes downstairs. You hear his mum and dad come home, and they see Michael there with the knife, and they take the mask off, and we see his face looking like blank. Shock, look. horror, blank, unexpressive, but his, his eyes look a little bit evil. Mm-hmm. See, I don't know whether that was just him or was touched up or whatever. Yeah. Anyway, a mm-hmm. few years later, how many years? Ah, uh, 15 years later. Okay, 15 yeah. years yeah. later. Um, Sam Loomis and his nurse are heading towards the... Um, nuthouse. Nuthouse. In order to <laughs> transfer Sam... I mean, it's no. Michael um, Myers well, no, to no, another... No, to go to a court hearing okay. to be assessed. Okay, he's going to a court yeah. hearing mm-hmm. and he wants him him being sedated. Or if that's the word? Yeah, sedated, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so that he won't cause any trouble because Sam Loomis knows Michael's tricks. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and anyway, um, we then goes to the nut house and we see the places, a lot of people, nuts are running, walking around. Nuts <laughs> are very nice. Like they're walking Patients around. Patients were walking around. They should have been locked up yeah. in bed in, in their wards, but they realise that Michael broken out. has broken out. Yeah, <laughs> Sam does examine the situation while leaving the nurse behind, and then we see that Michael jumps onto the car and then attacks the nurse. Yeah. and she runs out, and Michael jumps into the car and drives away. Now, now wait. Now, this I know I get a bit picky. Okay, he was six years old when he went in the nut house. Yes, he gets out of the nut house. He breaks out. He gets to the car, jumps in the car. And drives off like he's been driving for 10 years. Yeah. And that's the part that gets me every time I see it. He didn't have access to books or anything because he used to sit down there and just stare at the walls or the ceiling. He wasn't reading. He wasn't watching telly. He wasn't watching anything. And how did he learn to drive a car? Mm, that's a good question. I imagine uh, the audience has been wondering that for yes. years. <laughs> yeah. It could have been an automatic, but still, a kitty, a six-year-old kitty... And even or, Sam Loomis yeah. wants that too. He wants how, what, how can um, he learn to drive when he didn't have been 
Yeah. But then someone, he then said, maybe someone he tore him around here. Tore, yeah. uh, put your little plates on, Michael, go for a little drive somewhere. <laughs> anyway, um, he blames the um, lack of of care that was involved at the yeah. Um, yeah, they were they, they didn't take him seriously, think he was very dangerous. <laughs> yeah, Sam Loomis acts, he is, as I said before, he was, he's the Ahab in this production. As, and throughout all the other movies. A lot of people do not know what an Ahab is. We okay, using... okay. It is a real term, Mike. It's just another word for... I know what um, it's, not a real term. It's, I know it's this. just a real term saying that he's on the hunt for this, this he's dangerous... He's Moby Dick. I know dangerous this. Dangerous killer. But you, you're, you're taking for granted the people listening to our podcast know what an Ahab is. Well, okay. the director's invented it, okay? So. He is the guy on the hunt. Now yes. Anyway, we then cross to um, um, Laura Stroll, who's just um, heading out of her home and is told by her dad, who's a real estate owner, a real estate man, mm. telling her to drop off the keys to the old Myers house. Yeah, the old run-down, abandoned house. Yeah, yeah. he's mm. sort of um, going to show this house to a couple of buyers. I don't know. Anyway, so she drops off the keys. She meets up her charge. She's going to babysit the night later that night, and she's walking him down to and talking about what they're going to be doing for Halloween, for you know, tricks or treats, and a bit of popcorn, a bit of reading before bed. Watching a scary movie. Maybe carve a jack o' lantern. I hope to carve a jack o' lantern probably this weekend. Wait, wait, we're going to get a big one of the big orange pumpkins. A big yeah. one. Just so you guys yeah. know, we in Australia, we, I don't, we don't normally, do, we don't normally yeah. do this, but I thought maybe it would be good for you guys to watch me carve an actual pumpkin. And we're not going to do an Elvira with a chainsaw. Uh, Elvira's beautiful, I love her, but yeah, we're going to actually use a carving knife or a, a boning knife or something to cut there and cut a nice smiley face mm. or whatever. Yeah. Into a pumpkin. Yeah, so moving on, <laughs> we then find the abandoned car and, well, we might, Sam Lewis finds the abandoned car and he finds um, a tow truck that belongs to um, probably a, a, oh, an old a garage <laughs> mate yeah. guy. Mm. And and somehow um, Sam Ma- Michael um, Myers has removed his um, usual his white well, garment. He, yeah, he's, you know the, the, the little gowns they give you to wear in hospitals and stuff. Yeah, the ones which don't hide too much. Yeah, <coughs> yeah So they're gone. He's he's um, replaced them with some, some overalls. overalls. Mm. Well, it covers up a bit better, a bit warmer too. Yeah, mm. and so he and Sam Loomis knows exactly where he's heading. He's heading towards his hometown, right? Well, yeah, has Haddonfield. Mm-hmm. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so he begins to stalk um, Laura Stroll and her child. Strode. Char- Strode. Well, you get the names right occasionally? Sorry. Strode. Anyway, mm-hmm. she's, he stalks her and he stalks her charge. Um, what's, the, this little, what's the little boy's name? Fredo Frog. I can't remember his name. Hmm. Oh, a little kid. Yeah. Um, Thomas or Tommy? Tommy, oh yeah, 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 Tommy Doyle. There yeah, you go. Tommy yeah. Doyle, and he watches um, Tommy being mistreated by his some boys, telling him about the boogeyman. The boogeyman's gonna get you. <laughs> yeah, eventually, um, eventually, as Laura meets up, I mean, meets up with her friends, they make plans on babysitting that night in the same Baby area. Babysitting rubbish. They're all gonna hump their boyfriends. You know? Except for Laura, she's, oh, um, she, she's, she's a good does, girl. She's a good girl, yeah. and she doesn't have a boyfriend yet. 
But she, she has a crush on this other guy named what's his name? Something um what's his name? Frog. I don't know what his name is. I didn't go out with him. I don't know yeah. who cares. Anyway, um so they she then tells them about how a weird man is stalking her in a creepy fashion. You can see Michael Myers hmm. popping out of here and there and standing there and looking, you know. Yeah. Why did he pick on her that I just Maybe so. Oh, no, he won't have been in the house, but you dropped the key off. Mm, yeah. So he saw her and he's been stalking her. Ah, uh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm. That's what it is. Anyway, eventually, we while the girls are getting re- going to the to get ready for the babysit at the same place, they run into the sheriff, who is one of um, Laura's friends' dad. dad mm. And he tells her about how that... And he he talk, tells Sam Loomis that that um, that, some, that someone broke into the hardware store and stole a few odds and they think it's kids because they stole some paints and a mask. Yeah, a mask and a few knives. And hint, a few hint. knives, obviously. Well, you need those sort of you know. Yeah, to carve jack lines. Yeah, <laughs> exactly right. Yeah, but the the part that gets me is why why pick a William Shatner mask? I'll talk about that later. <laughs> anyway, moving on. So. Michael Myers drives past Sam Loomis while he's looking all about him. Didn't even notice the car drive past him. You would not even miss it. It has a logo on the back saying, for, you know, uh, what does it say on the back, on the, on the front, on the side? Oh, it was a government vehicle or some sort of a yeah. vehicle on the side yeah, of the Yeah, personnel doors. only, yada yada. But you have to be turning around and looking at the vehicle to see it. Yeah, he didn't. It was in the background. The guy does not have an eye in the back of his head. Okay? True, true. Okay. So he tells, he gets time out to talk to the sheriff about who's most likely wandering the streets and might be causing some trouble. And he thinks that Michael will come back to his old digs, which he does, but he only briefly to eat a dog. Yeah, you think about it. It wasn't Michael. It was going to be Freddy Krueger. <laughs> no, don't pick on the dog. Yeah, I mean. Anyway. I want Freddy. So, anyway, um, Laura arrives at Tommy's house and they make preparations to do the usual things, watch a few movies, maybe The Thing, maybe The Forbidden Planet, yada, yada. Hey, actually, they show them in the background on the TV, which is mm. good. I've got all these in my collections. I love them. <laughs> Instantly, uh, yeah. the thing it becomes um, John Carpenter's next movie. Yeah, after he, this. he did a remake of the thing after this. Mm. So, which is, I wonder if he put that old movie in there. Mm. Maybe it was one of his favourites. I like to think. I, I like the thing original. Yeah, yeah. Just yeah. like Peter Jackson yeah. is uh, favours um, King Kong in his youth. When you think he about did. it, yeah, yeah, yeah. Hmm. Uh, who knows? These guys were brought up, up with this stuff. Sort of stuff. I love it. Yeah. All the old crappy well, movies. Yeah, it's same, yeah. probably the same with John Carpenter and their guys. They probably grew up with these movies, and that's where they got the idea to make a remake here and there. Well, there you go. Hey. Anyway, moving on. Moving so, right on. Laura gets <laughs> settled in, and she starts making a jack-o'-lantern with um, Tommy, doing the uh, stuff, and reading him a few comic books, which Radioactive Man, whatever, yeah. and the oh. um, Howard the Duck. Though I read how would Howard the Duck get in there? There was yeah, ha- radioactive man, metal man, so and so, and Howard the Duck. <laughs> yeah, there was a Howard the Duck um, comic among Who's them. Who's Howard the Duck? <laughs> I know. I, d- I just looked. Must- anyway, <laughs> anyway, while her her other friend is babysitting a girl next door, and she's um gets a call from her boyfriend who wishes her to come and pick you know pick, pick him, him up, up so he can pick her up. That is really funny, you know. <laughs> Most guys in these movies. Don't have a car. The girlfriends have to go pick them up. Yeah. Haven't these 
Why haven't these guys got cars? Yeah, throughout the same scene, yeah. Michael is looking outside her house and Tommy notices him there and thinks he's the boogeyman and all that stuff. He is the boogeyman. Of course, throughout this scene, um, Laura keeps shrugging it off as if nothing. Yeah, because every time she looks, he's not there. With yeah. your overactive imagination. Yeah, yeah. yeah so but, uh, And actually, being sexist, he could have been a bo- he should have been a boogie person. Mm, true, true. P- being politically correct. Mm. Okay, fair enough. <laughs> anyway, so her f- her friend suggested that she'll go down and pick up her boyfriend, but first she'll drop off her the the girl she's her charge at Laura's um house. Laura's, at Laura's Strode, um, Strode, 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 babysitting, um, babysitting. which is across the road or something. Yeah, yeah. Right across the road. So yeah, yeah. she drops her off and she makes plans on heading off in um the, either her car or or the, the par- her parents the, the parents, parents car. car there. And yeah, I mean, you know, honestly. It's supposed to be. This is why Michael Myers doesn't like babysitters. He's supposed to be babysitting. I'm dropping the kid across the road. I'm going to be my boyfriend back in the house. Have sex. Is he being paid for it as well? That's not bad. <laughs> yeah. So he eventually, at one point, she couldn't get into a car, and she tries to find the keys. And when she gets back, the door is already open. And guess who's in the back? Yeah. <laughs> he then attacks her, and he kind of kills her. I oh, can't really see how she he we, killed we, her. I think he's, did he put a, like a rope or something around yeah, her neck or something? Yeah, rope around her neck and piece of wire or whatever, yeah, Nick. And Tommy sees mm. him move the body and carrying her body her into the house. Her body into the house. Of course, uh, Laura, Tommy tries to tell that the boogeyman's out there, but he doesn't explain it really well. By the time Laurie gets to the window to look out there... Gone. Gone. He's inside. Yes. Bugger. Anyway, um, her ne- her next the next person on the chopping block is her other, Laura, friend. Her other friend who came to the her f- friend, other friend's house. Yeah, to well, meet, dead, to, where, where to, Michael Myers is at the moment. Yeah. She, she had arranged to come there with her boyfriend and use to, one of the bedrooms while she was using the other bedroom. Yeah, so they go <laughs> yeah. inside, uh, you know, and it's the, nice and quiet. Nice and quiet, mm-hmm. and they head upstairs. Do the you know what? Hunk of chunker. Ha, ha, ha. <laughs> and he goes downstairs to probably get a beer uh, or something. Yeah, after they've had sex, he goes downstairs to get a beer. Yeah. And? And then Michael decides to pin him to a wall. With a carving knife. And he looks at him like this. Uh, there's a reason for that. Left, I'll tell right. you later yeah. on. No, yeah. I'll tell you. He's told to do that. Hmm. Really? Yeah, he did. He did. He did. That guy uh, uh, playing Michael Myers was not given too much stage direction. Oh. it's like walk from that point to that point. X marks a spot to X marks a spot. Oh. But he was actually instructed to do that, like contemplating a work of art or a butterfly collection. Mm. Mm, that looks pretty nice. Yeah, yeah. yeah. he then probably <laughs> takes um, her, the the guy's glasses and he wears a sheet you know like one of those old ghost sheets yeah yeah put a ghost yeah and but, he approaches the girl and she thinks oh it's just my uh, boyfriend he's just playing games around, yeah, ha, yeah, ha, yeah. Ha. and then he's just standing there yeah. not she then tries anything. to make a phone call to Laura and when and he slowly approaches and starts strangling her with the um, telephone cord and, he, <laughs> and Laura thinks it's a, a dirty phone call yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah never working out that maybe her friend's being killed <laughs> Eventually, she um, decides to head over there, trying to figure out what's going down. The two kids are asleep, so she didn't think nothing of she it. Just pop out for a second. Yeah. Yes, she then eventually gets inside the house and she goes upstairs and she finds her first friend who died first on a bed with um, a Judy Myers 
headstone above. Oh, yeah, early, on... early in the movie, uh, Dr. Loomis goes to the cemetery to yeah. check out the uh, Michael Myers sister's grave, and the headstone had been stolen. Yes. It showed up in this house. Mm-hmm. Now, I don't know how he got how he got it around, but mm-hmm. it must be a very strong guy. It's a big piece of granite or sandstone or something. Yeah, yeah. yeah I, mean, I couldn't pick it up. <laughs> yeah, so she also finds um, both um, her other friend's body and her, her that guy, uh, and the guy, boyfriend her boyfriend, the, um, hanging <clears throat> from uh, whatever. Yeah, mm-hmm. so found three dead bodies in there, and lo and behold, she meets mm-hmm. Mikey. Yeah, eventually she he doesn't stab her properly and she tumbles down the steps. Yes, yes. He, he, he swings out and she moves back a bit and so it rips open the, bl- the shirt sleeve on a blouse or something. might have scratched her a bit mm. but didn't do any major damage. And she tumbles downstairs. Mm. That would have hurt. And, yeah, um, poor stunt oh, no, double. Was that, no, was that the balcony downstairs? Um, she fell off the balcony yeah, and down yeah, the yeah, stairs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and she hurt herself a little bit but was could get up and... Gingerly walk or run, stagger back to the yeah. house across yeah. the road. Yeah. She eventually yells to Tommy and throws a pot plant. Up near his window. Yeah. Wakey, wakey. Yeah. And, and she I dropped s- the keys when she fell over. Yeah, yeah see, whatever, her, the keys that she has to the house have probably ever been dropped out of her pocket when she fell. She did. Mm. Rattling mm. experience. <laughs> yeah, Michael is slowly walking. Back to the house. He doesn't run, but he gets a, he, he does cover a lot of a lot of ground, doesn't he? Well, that's the thing. I mean, mm-hmm. um, I guess while the hero is staggering, meaning he's not, she's not exactly walking, but actually, but struggling as she walks, and any chance of getting caught would mean instant death. Yeah, but you look at Leatherface in uh, Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Mm-hmm. He's not running after anybody. He got a chainsaw and he's just walking quickly, and everybody, the girls are running from him, mm-hmm. and he's still there. True. He must have a very, very long legs. Very. <laughs> but then again, most of the time his victim or victims, I should say, would, are either damaged or they break something, like a limp, and they are limping and they can't really walk that far. Uh, well. And considering he's probably speed walking most of the time. Well, I used, to, I used to be able to speed walk since I got osteo, but um, yeah. Well, yeah, but, but still, if someone's running away, you've got to get it. You, 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 with the distance. Anyway, anyway eventually Tommy goes downstairs, unlocks the door, and get brings Laura inside. And they then head back the, upstairs and she, to and she hide. Said, and then she tells about the boogeyman. Aha, mm-hmm. you lied. <laughs> she tells the two kids to head upstairs and lock themselves into another room while she um, tries to stop Michael from, you know, all that stuff, all the while. Well, yeah. And anyway, Michael just sneaks in out through an open window. Meanwhile, uh, while this is all happening... Um, Sam Loomis, who's been outside, oh, outside of, yeah. he, of he Michael's see, house. He, he sees the car that Michael had been driving. Yeah, he sees it it's and he realised that yeah. Yeah, it's parked down the street and it's probably and he's probably prowling one of the neighbourhood's so so houses. So Dr Loomis is looking up and down the street to see if he can see anybody running around, which slightly resembles Michael. Yeah, he, and he yeah. tells the sheriff to make sh- to check around the, um, the backyards, back of the houses, yeah, back yeah, of the houses yeah. to be on the safe side in case Michael's around there. Yeah, because I mean it wouldn't be very appropriate for a an ordinary civilian type person going around the back of people's houses yeah, but the, the place sheriff is, can get away with yeah. it. Yeah, yeah. Just so you guys know, the place is really decked up in darkness because um the the crew they could didn't have very much um special effect lighting they could afford. So yeah. they had to to use whatever is available to them. 
Yeah, I won't have any production notes to talk about. I know, the I know. I'm just, I'm just telling the use guys that while you guys may be worried about, um, I can't afford the special filmmaking lighting. There, you can make do with whatever's available. Well, okay, it's seeing on production stuff. We'll, we'll go go off track just a minute. Any of you young guys who want to make a movie, okay? Okay. I've been looking in the cameras at the moment because I want to get one. Mm-hmm. Okay. Now I'm looking at a. A black magic uh, pocket, something mm. pocket cinema camera, whatever, it's a K6. Now I can buy it here in Australia for the body for about three and a half thousand dollars Australian. Mm. Uh, you can get a cheaper version, the uh, the 4K one, and they're quite adequate to do these. And they work reasonably good in low light. Mm. So if you had car, well not wouldn't say car headlights, but some work lights or whatever, you can get away with some portable lighting. Mm. Uh, you don't need a. Your main 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 thing is going to get a decent camera. You should be on a higher one, yeah. you know, reasonably cheaply. Yeah. So mm, I, the on. lighting actually works well for this. You movie. want dark. You, you don't want you want darkness. You don't want everything in bright daylight anyway. Otherwise, mm. it takes away from it. Yeah. Exactly. So mm. so but it yeah. kind of works. Thank you very much, John Carpenter. Yeah, Johnny did a good job. Hey, Johnny. Yeah. yeah. So Michael gets pinned down by Laura by using a. Uh, knitting needle, whatever. Yeah, he said a number eight needle straight into his juggler or something. Well, yeah. well missed it by that much. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and she heads upstairs, tells the kids um, everything's all right, but then, I've killed the boogeyman. But um, he suddenly reappears, and she hides into a closet, and she uses um, a coat ha- hook or a hanger. A coat hanger. She straightened out and poked him in the eye with it. Of course, and then she picks up his weapon, his, his knife, carving knife, just like Norman Bates's carving knife. And <laughs> then she stabs him into the sho- into yeah. the shoulder. Or chest, shoulder, whatever, yeah. yeah. And he falls down on the ground. Eventually, uh, she gets calls the uh, the uh, two kids out of the closet and stuff, the and tells them, and tells them to head to the to the nearest neighbours and and tell them what they witnessed. In, and they run out the front door and they meet Doctor Loomis. Well, they don't meet or, him. Or, or he, Michael he is, Loomis leaves he hears them yeah, screaming, yeah, yeah, yeah. and right. he knows deep Michael down that in Michael's the in there. Uh-huh. So yeah, yeah. he heads inside and. Of course, Michael slowly rises in a creepy zombie way. Yeah, and like the living dead sort of stuff. And he then <laughs> s- tries to advance on Laura Stroll and do Strode, Strode to do the um his no- ba- big bad. And while he's doing this, we then see pa- his face finally in this. He shoots a mask off somehow. Right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, and we then we see uh, the uh, what's his name? Moron guy, uh, Tony yeah. Moran, yeah, yeah. face yeah. for the first time in this. Yeah, Tony, well, not Tony Moran. Well, yeah. we, we saw a bit of it on the top of the car, but we got a, a better look at him. Yeah, mm. uh, throughout this um, production, of course, you, as you know, <clears throat> Nick Castle did all the shape, yeah, all the walking scenes. around stuff in the full mask and everything. But he, he, he did a bit role. Yeah, yeah. he's mm. he's doing still doing that sort of thing in some of the. Um, I think he's into producing and directing now. I can't mm. remember. Anyway, it doesn't matter. Anyway, moving. moving on. So eventually, Sam Loomis appears and he shoots him in the chest. In the chest, like eight or no, seven six, times. Uh, if it was a six shooter. I don't think you get eight bullets out. Okay, of it. So six or seven, eight times. <laughs> six. Yeah. yeah, it was a revolver. Yeah, like six bullets. Yeah, <laughs> and he eventually he falls off the balcony and hits his head. Well, he lands on the grass. I don't know. Hit his and, head, but he looked. And Laura said, asks Sam Loomis, "Is the boogeyman dead?" And of course. He says he is, and then he looks out the balcony again, and, and we mo- see him he's gone. Not there. And then we s- 
get quick uh, shots uh, of the previous um, locations. Yeah, they do we a see. montage or something rather than different yeah. locations where and we he hear his heinous crimes. Yeah, and we yeah. hear Michael's breathing throughout the scene. Like playing, that sort of, yeah, that's sort all of stuff. Yeah, like, playing, like, like like an obscene phone call almost, you know. Yeah, yeah. And we cut out. Fade to black. No. <laughs> yeah, I gotta admit, I do like this movie a lot. I mean, it does now. bring the audience brings you a lot of tension. And I read somewhere when they were doing the screen test, you know, the where you you get all the footage together and you and you view it with the producers. One of the producers said. Um, how lousy the music, the, the scenes were. Without music. And mm. eventually when they add the music, it added a bit of a feeling and to it. And that's where Atmos music, uh, it comes into its own, has mm. it? Mm. Yeah, so mm. um, they were kind of incorrect when they didn't realise that the mu- movie ra- ran rather slow, especially yeah, the s- he, long he, stuff. The whole point, if you have Atmos music, mm-hmm. you don't need dialogue saying... It's time for you to get scared now. Okay, yeah, the music does it. Mm, yeah. yeah, actually, mm. I read somewhere that when I was looking up some fun facts for this podcast, um, John Carpenter he had to walk um, Jamie Lee Curtis to make you know to get her to be frightened, a little scared, or no, 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 the no. They had a fear meter. Yeah, a fear meter. And what that was actually. Uh, how intense are you going to be scared in this scene? Because they didn't do them in, in order. They did a bit here, a bit there, whatever, and yeah. then put them together. I said, okay, we want a seven. Yeah. We want a three. We want an over-the-top screaming your tits off on this one. Yeah, And that it, and it was all programmed. So he said, I want to do a level seven or a level nine or a level three. Scream, scare, shock, horror, that sort of stuff. And yeah, yeah it worked. Yeah, yeah, it did. Yeah. I mean, I thought it was interesting that in by the time she started babysitting, she she didn't feel scared. She just felt mm, like she didn't believe there was anything outside. The right, man. Now she's not so sure. Mm-hmm. Now, okay, right. A bit of production note stuff here. Can I do a bit of talking now? You can jump in occasionally. Yeah. Okay, after viewing Carpenter's film Assault on Precinct 13, which is a 1976 movie, mm-hmm. um... An independent film producer, Erwin Yablins, and his financier, uh, Mustafa Akkad, sought out Carpenter to do this movie. Mm, that's nice him. Now, I don't know if they actually had the script or a synopsis at that mm. point in time. Mm. They said it's about a psychotic killer who stalked babysitters. Mm. That was it. So, yeah. Um, and what they did, they passed that. Carpenter took it on as long as he took can take full control of it. Good. And along with uh, Debbie, uh, they wrote the script for Halloween mm. uh, based on the synopsis that the other two guys gave them. Mm. And, yeah, interesting. Yeah. yeah if uh, I ever do mm. get involved in any production company, guys, I'm going to make sure I lay it down on them, that, lay it down flat to them, that I want control yeah. of this production. Well, no. you'd, be, you'd be the director. So, yes, you could have, yeah. Um, but these people, he came up with the idea. They wanted John Carpenter to direct it. It Okay, subject to my rules, and he if, he did it for straight fee, ten grand I think, plus a ten percent of the profits mm. or something rather, or net profit or something, or ticket sales or something. Mm. So he made some good money out of it. <laughs> right. But he he, fought, he he waived all the other fees. Mm. Mm. But John Carpenter he did the directing, mm. the music. What else did he do? Yeah, script writing. Script writing. Yeah, yeah. He did all that, and for ten grand, and then what, a couple of months shoot. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So hey. 
I think I think it was cut months too, but yeah. Interesting thing when he did think yeah. the scores for the music, mm. yeah. he actually took him four days. Yeah, he did. He and it did took 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 about, took about ten days to write the script too. Hmm. I thought that's kind of clever. Reminds me of a little yeah. bit of what I went through with um with um with my production with um my latest composer who worked on a bit of music yeah, she and she yeah, finished it under a week. Yeah, while doing other jobs. Right, yeah, yeah, yeah. she's she real good. Now, uh, here, screenplay. It took approximately 10 days to write the screenplay. Mm. Now, I believe that Debbie did the, wrote the lines for the babysitters because she was off a female and possibly did some babysitting when she was younger. I wonder if she really said totally. <laughs> I don't know. Because uh, one totally. of the characters always uh, kept saying totally. Yeah. She said like several I times. I don't know. She might have. Uh, maybe she knew somebody who, just, who used to say it, so she put it in. Uh, oh, well. Whereas um, John Carpenter, he wrote more of the other dialogue, the man-type dialogue. You mean and, like the one with the boyfriend? Or? All Loomis and stuff and that sort of stuff. Yeah, mm. yeah the boyfriend. Yeah, but the, the, the male roles. But she did. The, Debbie did the female roles. So he did the male yeah, roles. Yeah, I guess that makes yeah, sense. Yeah, Considering yeah, he went to a psychiatric ward and he said... And he'd been there, yeah. So and he, knew said, it, and yeah, he had an idea. And he, I think he's actually studied psychology hmm. uh, in university or whatever well, so he would have known a few psychologists and psychiatrists and he might have copied the um, the terms the terms and whatever into the script I guess it's handy if you're going <clears throat> to um, put a scientist or a um, psychiatrist into your story yeah. and you need to put the right terminology in this pr- in yeah. the production yeah. Yeah. now here's a something I didn't know about um, when they were writing the, the the script and the, getting the storyline together, um, the inspiration came from a Celtic tradition of Halloween and something called Samhain, and I that, that one. Is, Samhain is a gather in its uh, its evil can't be killed. Oh, that makes sense. Uh, and I think that's where it actually came out. The idea can't kill evil. It's there. And so whether Michael Myers was ultimately possessed or something. But yeah. you, you can't kill him. It's just it's just like Jason Voorhees. just yeah. keeps coming back. Yeah, I think uh, that's the interesting yeah. thing. I think that's where the yeah. idea came from. And they tried to integrate it into the, the franchise here. Like in the... Let me see. Which one was it? Um, let me see. Not the third. Four. The, in the... F- Sixth um, Halloween movie, I think it was. I'm not sure. Um, in that one, it dis- it talked about a um, bit of a you know um, pagan pagan witchcraft yeah, 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 stuff yeah, 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 in yeah. that one, where it indicates that Michael wasn't just born evil or it, more more created became evil, but he, it was more to do with a sort of maybe um, possessed by a demon, possessed maybe. by evil. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or, Possibly. The, See, you never know. It's, it's, it's a grey area. You it's see, the same you with that season know. of the witch thing yeah. that they tried to implicate in the third movie, which didn't run so well, and it didn't. It kind of fell flat on its yeah poor butt. Yeah, here's something. Um, here's something. Uh, homage was paid in this movie to Alfred Hitchcock, with two characters' names. Tommy Doyle is named after Lieutenant Tom Thomas Doyle oh, in sense. Rear Window. In 1954, Alfred Hitchcock movie. Oh, cool. And Dr. Loomis, yeah, is obviously named after Sam Loomis in Psycho. We know yeah, that one. I think we've figured that out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, that's where I keep thinking that ha- did the directors knew that Jamie Lee Curtis could be related to Janet They Lee, did. Daddy, I was going to roll on with that. Because well, I read somewhere I, while I, I was reading this that, they, that Johnny 
um, Carpenter was thinking of John cast Carpenter, John Carpenter was going to yeah. cast the girl from Carrie to play, I guess, um, Jamie Lee Curtis's role. Maybe I'm not sure, but because she's um, an innocent-looking woman. But in it went, when he realised Jamie Lee Curtis's daughter was, I mean, Jamie Lee Curtis was a daughter of Janet Lee, uh, but he hadn't seen her actually. Jamie Lee had been in a TV program, hmm. but John Carpenter had just watched television, so he didn't see her acting ability. Oh, that's a shame didn't know who she was but he took her on and she became a new scream queen didn't she yeah um my mum be proud um whatever what else guys uh yeah got inspiration for his visit to the nut house like you said before he took some of these some of my notes i can't use now um i the ending scene of michael being shot six times then disappearing after falling off the balcony was meant to terrify the imagination of the audience wow i love it I did actually. Oh, yeah. Bit of a. And then more. <clears throat> that sort of. His body disappeared. Mm. Yeah. Aha. <coughs> so, it, yeah. Yeah. Build up for the sequel. Yeah. If they yeah. were going to do an anthology type franchise thing, I would have just left. If, if it. To tickle the audience a little bit, they should have just left it as it was to leave it up to the audience what became of him. And, yeah. and if they were so anxious to make an anthology type move franchise, they could have done it that way and left. Yeah. Left up to fate to what became of him. Yeah. Do you something? Carpenter, John, John Carpenter, described Halloween as true crass exploitation. I decided to make a film I would love to have seen as a kid. He thought it wasn't a kid, obviously, he wasn't a teenager. Uh, full of cheap tricks, uh, like a haunted house at the fair where you walk out the cor- down a corridor and things jump out at you. So I think with Michael Myers popping out of the shadows and doing different things, were he, he got that. Mm. I think he, I think he captured that quite nicely. You should go to those mazes in hot in, in. Yeah, well, they probably have those. The America. We, we got the thing over here down at the local movie world. We do fright night, and they have these haunted house maze things you go into, and people jumping out from behind panels, and and other panels of pictures are opening up, and they scaring the crap out of you. Mm. Yeah, that's great fun. Yeah, and that's, yeah. that's what I think. That's what he's talking about when he's that sort of feeling. Yeah. Mm. Now, casting. We mentioned Donald. Uh, Pleasance and a few things, and mm. Jamie Lee Curtis. Uh, they could not, because of low budget, they couldn't get any really big names. They were looking for people that they knew, uh, people that, that the people who were going to see the pictures knew. Mm. Uh, that's why. <clears throat> I got me. I think Donald oh, Pleasant was uh, a was oh. a better choice for Mister, you know, Doctor Sam Loomis, whatever. Well, probably. But well, like I said, that's why I was trying to get in. Um, uh, uh, yeah. Peter Cushing or Christopher Lee are there because people knew them. But I, everyone knew Donald Pleasance as well. He was like the third choice sort of, um, which is a shame because I like Donald Pleasance. He's been in quite a few good movies. Yeah. Uh, and Jamie Lee Curtis, a bit of an unknown, even though she's doing a bit of TV work. Yeah, I think this yeah. could have been her first... Was this her first major film? I don't, th- I don't know, I don't know. I know she did... Um, Prom might, you know, probably the same, you know, oh. at the same time, similar right, okay, time. fine. Can I go on? I'm just saying. Now, Donald Pleasant was paid the highest amount at that time, $20,000 for the role. Jamie, Jamie Lee Curtis got 8000 Nick Castle got $25 a day. I was trying to figure out how much that would be worth today, which is $150 or something or other. Yeah, it wasn't a lot. So, and he was, he would have been in a lot of the scenes there and everybody mm. else got bits, bits and pieces and stuff. But when you think about it, how many people were actually in it? Mm, good point. You know, you had the, the three girls. 
Jamie Lee Curtis, the two friends. And the girl, little boyfriend. boy, no, forget that. Little boy and little girl. Mm-hmm. The boyfriend got a bit part. Nothing, nothing special. Mm. Uh, Loomis, Doctor Loomis. Uh, the girls, uh, the sheriff. They're the main actors. Oh mm. yeah, and obviously uh, the, yeah. the shape, you know. Uh, and that was it. He had about six people, mm. six seven people, mm-hmm. in a, in, a, in a tight budget in um, using real homes. Yeah. I gather. So they I'm really gonna, used the real neighbourhood. Well, no. I was going to roll on to that now. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Where am I? I? Got little things here. Yes, I'm all over the place. Um, and I had something here. Where is it? Yeah, I believe. Okay, well here it is. Um, the budget was so low that most people used their own clothes. Oh, I see. So um, Jamie Lee Curse used her yeah, own wardrobe. Well, they gave her a bit of a a, a budget to buy a few, a few extra clothes, but pretty much she used her own clothes and got a few extra things thrown at her. I uh, Everybody helped, all the cast and crew helped moving the gear around like we did on your production. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so ev- the cast and crew were interchangeable to a certain degree. Well, that's um, good. I mean, I like the idea that both actor and yeah, crew the, were yeah, yeah. equals. The, the, the actors helped move the gear around, move lighting around and whatever when they weren't in scene. Um, they all helped out. Uh, most, of the fi- most much of the film was done using a steady cam, which we discussed. Well, we didn't discuss earlier on here, but we were discussing yesterday about they using steady cams or was it was a panna? A panna. Um, something, uh, a panna, whatever. Yeah. Panna cam or something rather, which is a brand of steady cam, yeah. Um, you move around and it's got a nice flow to it. it doesn't get all jerky and stuff like some of the earlier movies yeah. um, but yeah filling locations included <coughs> South Pasadena California Garfield Elementary School uh, the cemetery uh, is a real cemetery it wasn't made up the abandoned house owned by the church stood as the Myers house that was a real abandoned house then they did the filming in the house um, the Two homes on Orange Grove Avenue near Sunset Boulevard in Spalding Square neighbourhood were used for the film's climax. So they're using real homes. Yeah. So they didn't um, make them up or... um, There's no means of any studios to you whatsoever in my notes, so everything was done on location. Mm, That makes sense. So, so location... I I think location suits work better. You get more of a feel, natural feel. Yeah, exactly Mm. so. What else? What else? What else? Oh, yeah, this is the part I like. Um... Carpenter's direction for Castle in this movie uh, was minimal. For example, when Castle asked Myers uh, what, what Michael Myers' motivation was for a particular scene, Carpenter replied that his motiv- motivation was to walk from one set market to the other and not act. <laughs> Just walk. That's it. What's his motivation for this scene? Is he horny? Is he hungry? Does he want to kill somebody? No, they just walk across the room. I'll get, I'll capture you. Yeah. I'll and that was it. Now, yeah, I've been wondering, how do you capture a car, a cool, calm That's walk? it. He just wants to catch him just walking across the room or walking yeah, across the grass. Or, you, as you, said, as yeah. you pointed out to me, Mike, yeah. he's not running. He's actually he's, just he's walking. He's doing in a, a menacing walk, I suppose. Hmm. He's a creepy guy. He's walking across the... He, he looks like he's up to something. But here's another bit. Um, the only direction Castle gave um, gave to Castle um, uh, during the murder sequence of Bob, uh, what's his uh, the girl's boyfriend, he told Castle to tilt his head and examine the corpse as if it were a butterfly flex. That's why he tilts his head look mm, very nice up there. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, um, interesting. Yeah, well, good interaction. <laughs> now... 
I won't go on too much. Well, well, let's I, discuss um, his mask. I'm curious about that. Well, I will talk about it in a moment. Um, I mean, I think everyone out there wants to know, why a William Shatner mask? Well, why it, not, wasn't, um, it wasn't a William Shatner mask per se. But they said, oh, we must go to William Shatner mask. They said, we need the mask. They went in the shop, they found a mask, they wanted a blank mask, which had no, not much expression on it, and that one looked the part. And so mm. what they got, did, they got the mask, wound shot in the face, cut the eye holes bigger, obviously, so you can see out of them. And they might actually use that in front of the camera, I don't know, but whatever. Uh, and they actually painted a, a light bluey colour instead mm. of white, because I think white might have reflected the light too much. That could mm. have been another thing too. Uh, and they just they used to use it. Mm. And it cost a dollar. Do- I remember the old skinny budget. Mm. It cost about a dollar ninety-eight or something rather for the mask. Mm. That's how cheap can you get now? Um, yeah, I seem to remember mm. when they were um, original mask was kept under um, either the director or the um, per- or the person's bed, and it kind of got moffied and uh, you know much yeah, four well, years later, yeah. uh, and they had to replace it say three or four times because the mask was starting to get you know moth-eaten. get moth-eaten and decay well yeah, not whatever. decay just whatever. um just but, but here we go. it was just um not, it, it, it didn't last long it, those things are they're only made out of a bit of foam or something rather a bit of plastic polystyrene or whatever yeah now here yeah uh we uh, we talked about a few things um the carpenter created a fear meter because the film was shot out of sequence uh, and they were not sure, and, and Jamie Lee Curtis wasn't quite sure what level of fear she had to do for each scene. Mm. So he said, oh, this one's going to be about a seven. This one's going to be about a six. Uh, and tonight we're going to do something like a nine and a half. I would like know? to, would like to <laughs> yeah, find out yeah. more about that fear meter in case... Well, it's just, it's just, it's just, it's just, she was told, I mean, like a good actor, you program a fear or a response into your head. Mm. I want a six. Or I want a nine, nine and a half, ten. That's ultimate screaming and tits off, rolling around, screaming, horrible, writhing in pain, and yelling your tits off. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that sort of stuff. You, you say, and a little, a, a, a slight jump scare might be a three. Mm. That's all. Uh, now, the film score. I like this. The film score consists of a piano melody composed and performed by director John Carpenter, Rab. with Carpenter admitting that the music was inspired by both Dario Argento's Suspiria. Which is a great movie in itself. Yeah. Which also influenced the film's slightly surreal colour scheme. Mm. And I like that European sort of colour scheme in Red, movies. Blues, yeah, and the, they're and the wonderful. Fil- and the filters, yeah. Mm. Um, it took three days to compose the music for the film. <laughs> and here's a funny part you're going to like. He stated in an interview, I can play just about any keyboard, but I can't read or write a note. He's like me, I can play guitar, so I can't read notes. Uh, in the end credits, Cardinal builds himself as a bowling green philharmonic orchestra for performing the film score. But he did have a, a bit of a help with uh, a guy, a composer, Dan Wyman, a professor at the San Jose State University, that gave him a bit of assistance in uh, putting it together. Hmm. But he was a one-man opera. One guy pretty much wrote it, played it, recorded it, whatever. I'm not going to go through all the um, critics' reports here. Most of them were fair to really good. There's a couple of knuckleheads who couldn't appreciate it. Um, mm. I just don't like it. Yeah, you know, they don't like that hot, that uh, that sort of slice of movie. But mm. but the one that got me the most uh, was the um, Roger. Um, what's his name? Uh, Bugger likes um, Roger Ebert, who mm. I find. 
I don't like his reviews sometimes. He 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 he'll get a movie and I don't like it, or get a bad movie and he likes it. He graded this one quite high. He, he rated it very. He said, um, uh, he said, uh, we aren't seeing the movie. We're having it happen to us. Now, like I told you, you got it's got to feel real. Hmm. That's what he's pretty much saying. You look in the movie, you feel like it's happening to me as well. Hmm. You're being drawn into the movie. Uh, maybe you don't like movies that are really scary, then don't see this one. He said he's and he yeah, but uh, said that as one of his top ten films of of nineteen seventy eight. Mm, cool. And here's one thing here: once dismissive critics became impressed by Carpenter's choice of camera angles and simple music, uh, they're also surprised at the lack of blood and graphic violence. You don't need to have blood all over the place. You mm. don't need to have the violence. Your person's imagination can fill in so many blanks. Yeah, I mean, yeah. there wasn't mm. too much of too much nudity. I mean, except for if you no, count um, one yeah, scene with you're the young girl's girl. a better boyfriend. You expect mm. that. I mean, I I'm a great believer in if it fits in the movie, it's part of the story. <clears throat> by all means, put it in. If it's a gratuitous sex scene to do for a bit of padding for a movie, just leave it out. You know, you don't need it. It doesn't add to the story. But since you're supposed to be having sex with a boyfriend, what are you going to do? I've got my evening dress on? Mm. <coughs> no. I mean, yeah, it's, gonna be, it's obviously going to be naked in bed, you know. But you didn't see too much. You saw a couple of boobs pop out of bed. That was about it. You didn't see anything else. Didn't you? Yeah. yeah. It's so weird that it, it, was, w- it worked for the movie. It's weird yeah. when mm. it got close to the 80s. Yeah. It started pulling all the stops on. Not pulling all the stops. No. They, they, they quit the stops the by, by continuing to show a bit nudity. No, or show on, look, in the 70s, you had you had Andy Warhol movies had sex running all over the place. Mm. And the naked people, males, females. And... I don't. I want, don't want to knock Andy Warhol and the guys he worked these these productions. Uh, but gee, they were crap. Mm. <laughs> I mean, did, they, did the sex was the main act angle of the movies. Mm. And yeah, I'm sorry. Interesting but, thing. Yeah. Uh, yeah, a director who did Suspiria. Yeah. What's his name? Oh, what's his name again? Uh, Agento. Yeah. That guy. Dario Agento. Agento. Yeah. Yeah. He a, he on the other hand he would often <clears throat> with some of his movies I've seen. Um, he would often do both sexes um, nudity, you know, not just well, yeah. men, or women, or men, but men too. I know, but the point is, and he's not um, a stippler to still just one gets back or the to other. What I said, if it's relevant to the movie, bang it in. Mm-hmm. If it's not relevant to the movie, mm. leave it out. Do you need to see someone going to the toilet? Nope. No. Do you see it very often? No. no. <coughs> well, don't put it in. We know we all go to the toilet. We probably have... I go to the toilet more often than have sex nowadays. So you don't see me... Yeah, If I did a film, would have me going to the toilet? Perhaps not. Okay? <laughs> so, yeah, anyway. Um, so, anyway. it's got... At least it got um, Ebert's um, yeah, good quotes. Yeah, so he, he, he's an enigmatic, that guy. So he, he, I don't know how he grades movies. Well, yeah. he did grade He's that now, but... Yeah. <clears throat> he graded this one high. And... And I didn't think you liked horror or well, this yeah. sort of <coughs> this yeah. sort of stuff. Yeah, mm. I've yeah. often have ta- seen mm. reviewers. They would often say, "I'm reviewing this out of against my goodwill, but to and and, and they bag it, they troll it to death. You know, yeah. and it's why 
you don't like it, so that doesn't mean it's bad. Yeah, it's just not being, your style of music. Yeah, they're yeah. being forced to review it against their will, so to speak. Well, well, no, they're paid to do it for the magazine or the newspaper, okay? Yeah. So it's not against their will. You have to review this movie. Uh-huh. And they do it, so I saw it, I don't like it, I'll bag it. No. That's not... But we, we try not to bag movies and these movies. Hey, look, if we watch the worst movie around, and I won't mention the names, I can think of one right now, if we watch that... I would still try to find some redeeming qualities if it had any. Yeah, like, say, I don't like the movie. I think it's a load of rubbish, but I can see what the producer, director was trying to achieve, yada, 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 and I'll try to go there and look at the good bits. Even though I can't give it a great, a great rating, I'll still, I wouldn't, I wouldn't trash it. I wouldn't, I wouldn't be, have any scathing remarks about producers, directors, or actors like some of these <clears throat> paid reviewers do. It's not right. It's not. It's not. It's just not the right thing to do. Yeah, you know, that's yeah. just me. I mean, yeah, you know. Yeah. I mean, it's. it's, it's you can. I mean, you watch like Pee Wee Herman. A good example. Mm. I do not like Pee Wee Herman in the movies here a couple of decades ago, but some people did. Now that doesn't mean Pee Wee Herman movies are bad. It just means I just don't like them. But if I had to review it, mm. I'd review the movie, not Pee Wee Herman. Mm. You see what I mean? So if it's a good movie aimed at kids or teenagers or whatever, I'll have to evaluate it for that market he's, appro- he's approaching. Yep. Yeah. So, so mm. anyway, do you want to rate this movie now? Because I don't have very much. Well, I, can, I've got, I, I could go on and on. I, I will say, I'm not going to tell you about the availability. I'm, I'm pretty sure from what I've seen, it's available on Amazon. It's yeah. available on eBay. You can rent it. You yeah. can buy it. You yeah. can try it. And be yeah, careful how, which one you choose because there's oh, so yeah. many out no, there. No, you, no. Well, yeah, good point. Uh, the being an old movie, if you go online looking for it, yeah. remember. 1978. Remember the date, 1978. Oh, well, yeah, we know that part, but I'm saying when this first came out, that was on VHS. So, yeah, the, don't pick up a VHS tape. Order accidentally online. Make sure you pick up um, a DVD copy, unless you have a VHS mm-hmm. a machine, which is very hard to get nowadays. Um, yeah, so, yeah, just be careful which one you order. But, yeah, there's... This uh, Halloween one, two, blah 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 blah. Yeah. You can get singles, you can get double packs, you can yeah. get Blu-ray, you can get. Yeah, you may even there. get um, accidentally <clears throat> Rob Zombie's one instead of the one you're thinking. This, okay, this one. is the 1978 version. I know, but both it, of them are still called yes. Halloween, and the 2019 one is also called Halloween. Just so you know, you don't want to get them it's confused. Okay. 1978, it's got a year. I know, we said, we said at the beginning. I know, but... It's the original one of Jamie Lee Curtis. I know, but but just say you, you just put in the word ha- the name of Halloween and you don't... And, and you never put in the date okay. and, and you just get the but wrong anyway, one. Irrespect, I'm sorry, that irrespective is just stung again. Um, no, it's available. So, yeah, wherever you get your stuff, yeah, your local video shop's probably got a copy of it. A DVD shop, sorry, not video. Um... Or you can stream it probably in different sites. I don't know. I don't, I don't do. I don't do any streaming. So, but it's there. You want it? Watch it. A good movie. If you haven't actually, I had a friend who passed away a couple of years ago. He was never into watching franchise movies. Hmm. He didn't watch Star Wars. Well, he missed watching Star Wars. He missed watching Halloween. He missed watching Friday the Thirteenth. He he missed all these good movies. Mm, all these good because franchises. he didn't watch franchises until I got him into watching franchises, and he thought, "Oh, this was good." Yeah. So, if you guys who don't watch franchises, get in there and have a look because this is number one. If you like it, go through 
seven movies, eight movies, whatever, whatever. They're pretty good. Well, yeah, yeah. just be oh, just be Lord, open yeah. to the fact that that some of them may not lead to. They may not have a good continuation there. Yeah, it's okay. So we'll stand I'm, just, I'm just saying okay. that that by the okay. third in the fourth movie, I mean not not the um, season of the witch I was referring to. Um, the the fourth and the fifth movie that talks about um, um. In, in the sixth movie, obviously, they Lord. they talk about how Michael Myers um, had a, a niece, and then by the time they got to the the seventh movie, they they kind of stopped that and changed it to a different story, making out oh, that okay. that yeah, Jamie Lee Curtis's character decided to go into hiding and changed her name, and yes. then and then and then by that next after the movie that that happened, yep. um, it made out that she went to an into an institute too. Because she killed a um, someone else who pretended to be Michael Myers. Well, yes. And well, she Mumble. got eventually yeah. killed in the ward, and and Michael returns to his home, and that set off a new, um, a different chain of events where oh, he yeah. starts killing other people. An alternate reality? Why not? It works for me. As I said before, throughout this Halloween franchise, there is like several different. Um, T- timelines for each of them, you know, well, yeah, separate yeah, ones. Yeah, they, well, they're a timeline, but you got to look at the same thing too. They got alternate reality type yeah. things. They they change the storyline yeah. a little bit. Although yeah. throughout the hmm. throughout all the Halloweens, they continue calling them Halloween Four, Halloween Five, Halloween Six, Halloween Seven. They don't it's, really. Okay. They How don't... about Michael Myers One, Michael Myers Two? Would you be happy then? Yeah, I guess um, <laughs> the directors would have had a different name for the the, the well, episodes, but they the um, guys wanted to have a continue calling it, continuing making it, calling it Halloween. Well, this of origi- Myers, the yada, original yada. Um, name for this was the Babysitter Killers or something rather. Or yeah. Yeah. yeah, I don't think it has a good ring, obviously. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's something really weird that. Um, uh, what was it? Nah, da, 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 da. I had written down this, so we can't see it. But yeah, it was yeah the babysitter killer. Yeah, or, yeah I guess it yeah. didn't have a good ring to it. No, I didn't. That's why they called it the Halloween, and that's where John. Well, Carp- it's well, going to be stays in Halloween. Yeah. The times that oh, why don't we change that in Halloween? Yeah. Great, great idea. And it was yeah, up. Yeah. Um, it was sort of the start of John Carpenter's friend. Um, anthology franchise but that didn't go according to his plan so as i said before originally that he was going to do different stories for each each movie yeah, but yeah. it didn't form. well it sort of got that way but there's, but there's a bit of a continuation after, and, yeah. after doing mm. two michael myers explain what happened to him like killing him off in the second Here but then they mm. decided to move on to season of the witch and yeah. the audience still wanted michael myers to come back we love michael and oh, here it is the the original title they were going to use was the Babysitter Murders. Sounds like an and odd the title. Who came up with the idea originally? Subsequently suggested mm-hmm. seeing the movie on Halloween night and rename it Halloween instead. And uh, John Carpenter uh, agreed and developed the story using Halloween as a theme behind it. Because that would get things with the masks and everything else. Yeah, it, it would make yeah, sense. cross-theming and everything else. Yeah. And, yeah, and yeah, Michael's yeah. obsessive nature to- towards Halloween. 
Yeah, and that he breaks out. It's the Alan. He killed his sister who was a babysitter on Halloween. He's come back 15 years later on Halloween mm, to true. take vengeance on other babysitters. That's all, yeah, mm-hmm. pretty good. Yeah. Good theme. But when you, when you look at it, oh, it all came together, didn't it? Yeah, mm. yeah. There's no explanation for why he keeps killing. You don't want an explanation. Sometimes no explanation is a good explanation. True, true. I mean, okay, Freddy Krueger. Hmm. We know about Freddy Krueger. Hmm. He was a dirty old man who did something uh, in, in some, and he, and the locals killed him and set fire to him or something rather, and he came back as a ghost. Hmm. Yeah. Uh, yeah. We know about Jason Voorhees. He got killed, drowned, or something at Crystal Lake or whatever. Hmm. Yeah, he had a bit of a backstory, but Michael yeah. Myers is the man who wasn't there. Yeah. Also, yeah, guys. Yeah. Um, incidentally, I'm going to be looking at probably looking at reviewing for our next Halloween-related movie. I'm thinking of watching the scary stories to tell in the dark that was released in 2019, long before the COVID. So I thought maybe we might do that one, considering that it takes place during Halloween too. I have a question. Seeing it's coming out of Christmas soon, a couple of months' time, have you seen Black Christmas? I haven't seen it. Is that any good? I heard of the original Black Christmas. It sounds really awesome. It's, okay, and we, it's sort of like we, um, like, sort of like the Urban Stranger um, babysitter yeah, story movie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, stories. The stranger comes to the door sort of thing. No, yeah. strangers no, no, no. where they just start calling a babysitter and saying Which creepy things. Uh, like, yeah, we might do that for the of Christmas. Yeah. Hmm. I think I mentioned to you guys about how they did a... The, a remake of the babysitter. I mean, not the babysitter. Uh, the Black Christmas movie. You know that yep. other one I told yep. you guys yeah, about. Yeah. That kind of stinks. <laughs> you have a way of what? You have a way of words. Well, this one stinks. I, what I've, I've already explained it to you guys. Watching the trailer, it indicated too much information. Oh no! Yeah, yeah. yeah I mean, you, you put all the movies, good bits into the trailer. There's nothing left. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 No. Um. And it, it explained. How there were so many killers running around loose in that one. When they actually should have just skimmed on that and just um, focused on the kills, but not and not on the explanations. Anyway, it's getting a bit long. This. Okay, so um, I hope you guys enjoyed this one. I had a good time. I like Halloween. I hope you guys may enjoy our next um, podcast when we start recording it. Yes, we're going to get. We might stay in either a Halloween type movie theme or movies that are popular at Halloween time over this week and next week because there's Halloween coming up, and we yeah, you want to keep keep that sort of. Scare theme happening. Yeah, hey? well, yeah. nothing's more scary than actually reviewing a movie that's a, has a Halloween theme about it. Happy and joy, joy, and stuff. So we've done things like carnivals and stuff. We did um, Hellfest, didn't we? Yeah, we did. We did Hellfest. And so that, was, that was like not quite Halloween, but it had a nice carnival fun sort of thing turned sour. And this mm. is like Halloween's nice fun thing turned sour. Yeah, so, yeah, we like that sort of stuff, don't we? Don't we? Mm, yeah. Trick or Treat, we've done that last year sometime. Yeah, we did. Yeah. I think that we did that on Hall- near Halloween, Yeah, I think. last year, yeah. That's that. I like that. Hey, why don't we do Dead Silence? No. That's not Halloween-based. No, I didn't say that. I did. They're not all that's, Halloween-based. I mean, that's more of a James Wan-type movie. Okay. Mm-hmm. Anyway, I, I want to... I like Dead Silence. Anyway, I want to watch... <laughs> review... 
um, scary stories okay. to tell in the dark because okay. it was um, directed by the same director from um, Sh- Shapes in the Water movie. You know. shape, the Shape of the Water. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. That, and The Shape of the Water, did we review that one? Yeah, we did yeah, last yeah. year. That wasn't bad. That's a good movie. Interesting. Yeah, mm. yeah so I want to review this one, this one because it has some interesting stuff. Like some of the um, scary monsters in that one are actually tentostrin... Yeah, the, the people who are very um, athletic, I mean, aerobic, uh, contortionists. Oh, uh, contortionists. Yeah, 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 yeah. they can move the, and shape their bodies like in a pretzel. Like yeah, a pretzel-like yeah, yeah, yeah. motion for the for it. Yeah. Uh, that's why I want to look at look at those interesting characters who could portray that sort of thing because yeah, they look so cool on camera. And anyway, camera. Go. it's getting very long now. Okay, <laughs> thanks, for listen- bed. So yeah. thanks for So thanks for listening to this last podcast, everyone. Um, this is Sarah Stevenson. Yeah, I'm Michael. Yeah. Saying we'll see you guys for our next podcast. Bye, for Bye now. guys. <laughs>